Sarah Munson, host of Parent Boss Leader. I'm very excited to have Stephanie Helfer here with us today. She's the expert acquisition head at Paro AI, leading an incredible team of recruiters within her organization, placing top talent. But before we get started, I wanted to give you an opportunity to introduce yourself a bit, Stephanie. And we're gonna be talking today about a passion that we share about helping women who are returning to the workplace. So before we dive in, Stephanie, tell us a little bit about yourself. Sure. Thanks for having me. I'm excited. Um, I have been in talent acquisition for 15 years. I have led large teams, smaller teams, worked in all different industries, and absolutely love it. I'm very passionate about it and finding people their home away from home. Um, as far as me personally, I have two teenage kids just in this stage of life that is uh, hard to find balance, very much so. Um, and that's something that we've gotten into in the last year is RVing and kind of getting to where we're getting a little bit more adventurous and something that uh, that I really enjoy as an escape and a way to just kind of refresh. Yeah, that's super cool. It's, it's funny, I've seen so many neat postings on social media lately about RVs, people remodeling them. Oh yeah. It even seems like a cool place to live, these high-end kitchens, but I'll yep, keep yep. this on topic. I know. I love so, that stuff. I could, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for sharing a bit. So diving into women returning to the workforce. And we know that this can impact men as well. So I think they can get value from this. But there's often reasons that women leave the workforce. Um, maternity leave or raising children. It could be taking care of aging parents, health struggles of their own. Really, it could be limitless. There's different reasons for leaving. And really, when they're coming back, there could be a gap on their resume. And it could be really a scary thing for someone who's trying to jump back into the workforce. So with self-confidence possibly being a struggle, there's been a comparison made that if a female looks at a job description, she'll only apply if she meets almost all of the requirements. Males, on the other hand, they'll go for it if they only make 60 or 70% of it. So how do you think that we could really inspire women to have more boldness and more confidence in that area? You know, I think what you talk about for why people do have a gap on the resume and what they're doing, there is so much that translates from that world into the working world. Um, project management, doing things timely, scheduling, um, figuring out ways to, to budget, cut costs, like all these different things that we're doing. So more of it translates over into the working world than people I think give it credit for. So that's something I always talk to people about. Ask a little bit more, what have you been doing over the last few years or however long it's been that they've stepped out of the workforce? Because they're, that's great experience, multitasking, all of these different things that are so key to be able to bring into you know, a work role. Yeah, I think that's really well said. What type of specific advice would you say about restructuring their own resumes? What would you say about that? And I love hearing your opinion in the talent acquisition world. I come from staffing myself. I would yep, love to yep. hear your take. Um, you know, I think the biggest thing that I give people advice on is help me understand what you're looking for. It's, you know, we all know that as a recruiter, you don't have forever to sit there and read through every detail. That first, you know, half of that first page is like your prime real estate. Mm -hmm. Hook me in and make me want to learn some more. Um, sell me a little bit about what you've done, what you're looking for. Um, but just 
make it catchy so that I just, again, want to engage and pick up that phone or send an email and connect with you. Um, but you have to also make it make sense, right? Mm -hmm. So tie things in. I've seen people get really creative about what they've done in their home, you know, like if they've stepped out and they put something really creative together that explains, you know, what they were doing and juggling on a daily basis. And while some people may think that's corny, it made me go, I want to talk to this person. Yeah. I think get that's creative. Well said. It's, it's yeah. good advice to lean into yep. it because yep. say different people have different situations. And even me sharing personally, I stepped out between 2015 and 2018. And I ended up having two kids during that time. And when I came back, I started um, updating my own LinkedIn profile and I wrote maternity leave. And I talked a little bit about what I was doing during that time. So I think yep. what you share about talking about what they're doing while they're out, and that really can grab and catch attention as well. And yep. at the end of the day, if you think about it, for a woman's resume, you say some can be, it can come across cheesy to certain people and other people it draws them in. When we're authentic selves, don't we want to draw those type of people in anyway? So not being exactly. afraid, right? Yep. Yep. I love I that. that I do. Great. Yeah, it, was it really makes you stand point. out. It definitely sets yourself apart. It does. Yeah. So I guess switching gears a little bit, how would you suggest that women start to build their network when they're coming back to the workplace? Do you have any good ideas? Um, if they've been out of the game for a while, who should they connect with? What do they do? Where do they start? So anyone that knows me, especially like, you know, in my personal family life knows that I'm a nut about networking. Mm -hmm. um, I think every day you're networking in different ways. It could be your neighbor that you find out works for, you know, a company that you're like, oh, that's interesting. Or you're connecting with someone that's, you know, it's an activity outside of maybe it's a sport or your church or different things that you're involved in where just in learning where people are working, um, ask them questions. People love to help people. They do generally like to do that. Um, so networking is just having conversations. I think when we use that word, sometimes people kind of psych themselves out. They feel like networking has to be this official thing. It's talking to people. It's connecting. And I'm huge on making connections. And I think you can do that in any avenue to where it can wind up. It's a small, small world, you know, mm -hmm. where all of a sudden you find out somebody works for a company that you've been wanting to work for, for a lot of years and might have some insight for you. So talk to people um, and don't be shy to tell them, Hey, I've decided that I'm coming back to work. This is what I'm looking for because people will hear that. And you'd be surprised how, again, small world, all of a sudden a week later, they're like, Hey, I was talking to someone and they said they have this open position. I thought of you love to put the two of you together. And that's yeah. how it goes. No, it's, it's simple. I think it can be built up in people's heads about how scary it is, but really it's yeah, just exactly. take the yep. first step. Just, just say yep. what's going on in your life. And then exactly. also even adding, I think finding proper LinkedIn folks too, like building the network, yes. even on LinkedIn. Definitely. Opportunity, you know? Yeah. As far as social LinkedIn, for sure. Groups. Oh my gosh. Groups are the way yep. to go. Just get in there, start seeing conversations even the articles, all of the different things that'll come through on LinkedIn that just helps you start getting a better feel for just what's going on in the working world again. Because if you've stepped out, there's certain things that maybe you haven't been paying attention to the same way. So it helps you read through things and get some lingo so that when you're talking to people, even though you have stepped out, you still seem current. 
Yes. That makes sense. No, very relevant. I think that's great advice. And even for women coming back, connecting with folks, even with titles like yourself, leaders within talent acquisition, like you can, you're the strongest type of advocates. And I'm really happy that the audience can hear how passionate you are about helping women who are returning to the workforce. So thanks for that. Sure. I love it. What do you think about certifications or refresher courses, depending on their background? Do you think that's a good idea, relevant, not so much, depends? What are your thoughts? It it doesn't hurt. It definitely doesn't hurt. I think sometimes, depending on your career stage, if it helps you feel more confident, if it makes you feel like you have something to share that kind of bumps you up a little bit, by all means. Um, I, I really think it depends on the role, the industry, Um, again, career stage level. I remember going to a group manager of mine probably about 10 years ago, and I was considering a master's and um, thought, you know, does this make sense for me at this stage? Will this separate? And it was interesting how, because believe it or not, her thought was that a certification had more value at that stage for me and what I was looking for than going through and getting something as big as a master's. So, um, you know, maybe seeking out people that are mentors, or like you said, other people in roles, looking on their LinkedIn, what are their certifications and different things. Um, those are who you're going to be kind of competing with when you're going for, you know, roles and interviewing. So um, just starting to do a little bit of research. And again, at the end of the day, it, unless it's something required for the role, um, you know, it's, it's, it, it can't hurt. It's a plus for sure. Yeah, I think that's well said, even if it really is for, kind of a confidence booster it makes yeah. you feel more confident there sometimes that yep. reflects in your whole ambiance of who you're presenting right yeah Thank definitely you. I think yep. that's good so I think some questions that people would have burning on their minds would be what does it look like you yourself as a talent acquisition leader as an interviewer how does it look when you see a gap on a resume. What's the initial reaction? What do you think? Speaking yeah. for yourself and maybe even other colleagues. You know, there, that is something that I have always just, again, hook me as to your experience and what you're looking for. And that gap, I'm going to ask you about it, but I can sell you over to hiring managers or to the person that I know is, you know, hiring for the role. That's never been as much a concern for myself. Um, but there are, you know, there are hiring managers that have really been focused on that in previous environments that I've worked in. I think since COVID, that has just kind of gone away for the moment, right? Um, but my thing is, is as long as there's something to say about it, you know, I took some time off. I think nowadays it's even okay to say I took some time off because I needed a little mental break. Um, I need to refresh. Even that is, is, is acceptable. Whereas in the past that would have been maybe strange. So when I see people have stepped out for different reasons or to take care of themselves, that tells me that that's a very responsible person. Yeah. Well said. When you see the gaps on the resume and you talk about kind of hooking you in, like sharing their experience, what they've done, do you think it looks better to show a gap where their last experience was? And then maybe in the summary, talk a bit about it? Or do you think include, hey, maternity leave, this date to this date? What what do you think? What are your thoughts? Either way, I think one of the biggest things on resumes is, again, make it quick to where people can can just, at a quick glance, it makes sense and it tells that story. 
Um, if it gets to where I've got to move around and look and kind of put pieces together in any sort of way, that's why I think it's sometimes better to identify the gap mm -hmm. than to just not say anything at all. I think it depends on the length of time though, too. You know, if it's a couple of months in between roles, maybe not so much, but yeah. if you've stepped out for a few years, um, you know, again, something to put in there so that it answers some questions before somebody, you know, reaches out to connect. Absolutely. I think that's yeah. good advice. So let's talk about more, more of your peers. How could talent acquisition leaders or hiring managers in general, because hiring managers will be listening to our podcast as well. How do you think that they could readjust their thinking? Really, what type of questions could they ask to dig deeper into resumes? Um, you know, don't be afraid to ask, number one. I think that's a huge one because, um, you know, ever since COVID, where most of us have worked remote, uh, the personal and work life has kind of blended a little bit. And so it's okay to get to know someone. It's okay to say, hey, I noticed you stepped out for a couple of years. Um, tell me more about that. And, you know, while we still have to make sure that we're asking appropriate questions, I do think you can even help guide them a little bit. Um, to better see that what they have done as they've stepped out of a professional role actually has value and does translate. So not that you have to, you know, lead them in a way, but, um, you know, for those that maybe aren't as confident about explaining that, I do think that having empathy and asking them more about that, and we're all people first. Mm -hmm. That's what I love. My interviews are much more conversational. I really, truly want to get to know someone and then see if the environment I'm working in, the role I'm looking for seems like a, a fit and, you know, a true connect with that person. So um, just asking more questions and not being afraid to get to know that person a little bit more than just your traditional interview questions. Great advice. I think that's excellent. Yeah. And I think if anything, our audience who is listening, I think sometimes there can be fear going into interviews, yes. but there's so many down to earth interviewers, people who are in leadership roles like yourself, you're so yep. down to earth. You really just want to get to know people and you put people at ease and then they can really share who they are. So what do you think some other steps could be that companies could help to take down barriers, remove the barriers for women who are reentering the workforce? Um, you know, I've also seen people that when they re-enter, they were maybe at a higher level position and role in the past. And now because of life change, they're coming back. They don't want that level of responsibility. So one of the things that people that have worked with me for years have heard me say is I don't believe in the word overqualified. So I usually tell people, wait, let me understand. So this person can come and do this job in their sleep, bring some great, wonderful ideas and all sorts of different perspective based on this additional experience. And you don't want to add them for the role because. So um, I think there's always this underlying, well, they're not going to stay in the role long. And I think that's something that I've always worked on in educating um, the teams that I've supported because there's no guarantee with anyone when we have when we hire them for a role. But if you could get somebody in a role for a year that would do a phenomenal, great job, um, you know, I'll take that risk every day. Well said. I love that you've been an advocate for that as well. I think yeah. often people can look at their own careers. I look at my own. One of um, one early on, I applied for a position and I interviewed for it. And it was an executive assistant to, it was the senior director of human resources. And I seemed to interview too well. And she mm. came back and said, I think you're just way too overqualified for this role. 
And I felt so sad as a candidate back then that I wasn't given an opportunity when I saw this individual, I saw her as a mentor. I saw the company, I loved what they were doing. And a lot of candidates, when they choose to go after a certain level role, it's their own eyes wide open. So they're choosing to go into it. So it's expanding thinking on the company side as well. Thank you. I think that's a great point. Um, wanted to to jump into one little last piece. If you have any other sage advice for women re-entering the workforce, is there any key nuggets you'd like to share? Um, uh, just asking a lot of questions. When you start talking to people and you're reaching out, whether it's groups on LinkedIn, like you mentioned, it could be Facebook groups. It could be traditional, you know, meetings and, um, Uh, groups that you meet in person. It could be a hiking group. Um, Don't be afraid to ask questions. And um, also, once you determine what it is that you're looking for, set goals for yourself. Break that up into daily goals so that you know what you're trying to work towards, you know, on that ultimate goal and making sure that activity is there. You're basically selling yourself at this point, right? So if you were selling for a company, how would you do that? What would that look like? But now you're, you're the product that you're trying to get the word out and tell everybody about what you can do. So um, re-entering, I think it's just, uh, you gotta be a little bit fearless. Uh, It's okay if you have an interview with someone and it doesn't go that well. You know, as a matter of fact, schedule interviews. It may not be the job that you're thinking of like the perfect job, but it's experience. So always take that opportunity to talk to someone. It's great practice. And you know what, even if that's not a fit, you never know who that person knows. And then it just goes from there. So. Um, connecting with people, asking questions. And um, I really, as much as we do this remote uh, environment that I love, any opportunity that you can go into an in-person networking group, take it, go for it. Um, it, it just nothing seems to replace that. Yeah, good. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. I think we live in a modern era as well, where we're seeing women helping women more. In the past, I think there's been a gap there. So even seeing how passionate you are to help other women who are re-entering the workforce, being an advocate, talking to hiring managers, I think that is a beautiful thing and it should allow women to have less fears coming back. So thank you so much for your willingness today. I know you're a star contributor in your (laughs) talent acquisition leadership role. And I'm very excited to say that this is part one of our podcast. You'll be a guest again coming up soon and we'll be talking about remote work. So thank you so much for joining today, Stephanie. You've been great. Thank you for having me.